today and your will be done. I've been praying about uh, what I should share the first Sunday I was back, <laughs> and which I thought would be last week, and now it's this week. <clears throat> and so um, I, I've been looking at this aspect as we look at the beginning of a new year. But what does it mean to be doing God's will? And some of you, this will take you back 20 years. Is it the red pill or the blue pill? This is a popular meme in our day because it represents a choice between uh, the red pill, which reveals the unpleasant knowledge and cruel truths, versus the blue pill, where you just want to stay in ignorance. And some of you remember the terms were directly derived from a scene in that movie called The Matrix. You know, there was a time uh, where people were even doing Bible studies and youth groups were talking about The Matrix. That was 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Seems like a long time ago. But the reason why I bring that up today is it is this reality about choice. We're standing at the beginning of a new year and we have this choice. This choice that lays before us. And, and, and so one of the words that came to me as I was praying about this new year, this 2020, was a word called transformation. That God is the God of transforming grace. That God is the God of transformation. And it was interesting because Pastor Mike and I went visiting a church uh, while we were on holidays. And as we got there, the pastor got up and he said a word, transformation. And so it's just good to see sometimes that God confirms through other people that we're not just crazy. <laughs> that we're actually hearing from God. And, and there was another word that was coming to Pastor Mike and I. And it's this idea of journey. And so we, he already shared with you that we're going to be doing a, a, a series together on Sunday mornings. God willing, on together. What does it mean to journey together? God has given us this ability and the gift of the church, brothers, sisters in Christ, to journey in this life together. Nobody journeys alone. So we'll be looking at that, this idea of the journey of transformation. But this morning, before we can even start there, I, I, I felt that there needs to be something settled today. There needs to be something that we nail down before we even decide to journey into this transformation together in 2020. It's this choice of doing God's will. Is that your desire this morning? Is that my desire this morning? That God, I desire to do your will. Well, we can look at some aspects of God's will, biblical aspects of God's will. There's first of all God's sovereign will. God is sovereign. He is in control. And, and we see in Matthew 26, 39 that Jesus had to uh, give his life over, his desires for God's will. He said in Matthew 26, 39, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, when we're talking about God's sovereign will, it is ultimately that God is in control. And do I trust him that he is in control? I think it's important as we talk about God's will today that before we even move forward into this new year, we have to say, God, I want to surrender 
to your will. We're going to be doing a midweek study about fear. Uh, some of you are happy that 2019's door has been closed. And there's excitement as we enter into 2020. But if we're not careful, some of us have had a few difficult years. And we can honestly say we're not sure what 2020 holds. But we know who holds it. We know who's already ahead of us. We know who's already making the crooked path straight for us. See, Jesus had to surrender his will to the Father's will. As he said, not my will, but yours be done. And so there's this aspect that Jesus was born to die and be our Savior. To be nailed to that cruel tree. Uh, to go into that grave and, 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 and be risen and to return to the right hand of the Father. And, and so there came a point where Jesus had to respond to the Lord Father and say, Not my will, but I surrender to your sovereign will for my life, O oh God. Do you trust them this morning? See, you see, there is this aspect this morning where we have to think about the fact that is God good. Now you can read about it, you've studied about it in Sunday school, but if I was to ask you, ultimately, in the very essence of God, and the God that you love, and the God that you worship, is He good? See, that's a question you have to answer before you enter into 2020. You have to ask yourself, is he good? Is God in control? Is he sovereign? Is he governing the universe? Matthew 10 reminds us, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from our Father in heaven. And you know, we have preached it and we have said it. You want to know what the sovereign will of God is? That God's will is that none should perish. None. None should perish. That is God's will. God's sovereign will is that we would all spend eternity with Him. God's sovereign will is that none should perish. And when Jesus died on that cross, He died for all. That's ultimately God's will for us. And how do we respond to the sovereign will of God? Well, ultimately, we, on the tippy toes of this new year, have to say, God, I don't understand, I don't know, but I trust you. If we're talking about the sovereign will of God today, there comes a point where we need to say, as Jesus said in that Garden of Gethsemane, God, I trust you. See, I can't pray that for you. I can pray for you, but I can't pray that prayer for you. That is only a prayer that you can pray as Jesus had to pray to the Father, where he had to let go and let God, where he had to say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours, Father. That is a prayer that only you can pray as you surrender to God's sovereign will for your life. For this year, 2020. You know, I can usually tell in my own life, and I, I'm sure that we can probably tell in each other's life, how well we trust God. Are you a control freak? 
Do you like to be in control? Do you like to control your marriage and your children and your grandchildren? Do you like to control situations at work? Are, are you one that you do not do very well when you're not in control? See, we don't do so well with trust in those situations. Maybe you're a person that you are self-reliant, self-sufficient. You know, that is part of Canadian culture, that we've been raised to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. The problem is that when we come in under into Christianity, that we don't always then surrender to the will of the Lord. Because we're going around, and I can do it, and I can make it happen, and what do I need to do? Instead of surrendering and saying, God, I do not understand, but I know you are good, and I can trust you, and I know that you are going to take care of me, that you will work all things together for my good. I'd love to say that you're not going to face any issues in 2020, that there won't be any difficulties, you won't shed any tears, there won't be any pain. That is my, my, that's my will, that's your will, that's not necessarily his will. He hasn't promised that. But you can trust that he is good. That he wants the best for you. That he will work things together for your good. Then there is this second biblical aspect that we're looking at God's will. And it's the will of command. So we have God's sovereign will and we're looking at his commandments. And his will is what he commands for us to do. And so we looked in the sovereign will of God, we need to trust him. And so now as we look at the commands of God, we need to obey them. It's a choice. It's a daily choice. It's a choice we get up every day and we decide, Lord, I am going to do my best through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to obey your commands for me today. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way, right? I think of the old hymn, Trust and Obey. Say to the person right and to the left of you, stay awake. <laughs> say, trust and obey. Trust and obey. And so as we see this will, God's commandments for us, it's, it's based upon choice. The choices that we make. Do you know this scripture is very powerful? And I, I even underlined the part. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Powerful scripture. See, somehow, if we're not careful, in evangelical circles, we have come to believe that a camp meeting 25 years ago, I bowed the knee and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah, I'm on my way to heaven. Now, hear me right, that had to happen. That is a moment. That is not just a moment. That is not a statue. That is a doorway. <laughs> that is an opening doorway to what God has for you in Christ Jesus. Now, we're not earning our salvation. But there comes a point where if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a follower of His will for your life. There is no such thing that I can love Jesus and yet do what I want. And disobey His will. We are living in a day, if we're not careful, that somehow we believe in one side of my mouth 
I don't see that here. It's all throughout Scripture about doing the will of God. Is it your desire this morning to do the will of God? Is that your choice? He says not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they are not willing to do God's will. See, here is this key of obedience. You want to talk about holiness message? Here it is. This is holiness. It is my desire to obey God. This scripture here, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Obedience is crucial in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I was thinking of the Great Commission. It's a part of the Great Commission we don't usually talk about. Oh, we love to see people get saved. I get so excited. Uh, and I've been praying for souls. I've been praying for new births. Because that's where transformation begins. Uh, I've been praying for baptisms and memberships and changed lives and disciples and commitment. Yes, that's what it's about. But do we ever stop to think that the Great Commission also says, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Go and make disciples. Yes. But part of making disciples is teaching and living that obedience. Mark 3, 35, Jesus said, For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. John 9, 31 says, But if anyone is a worshiper of God, and does his will, God listens to him. And we, we believe in the power of prayer. But remember what James says, it is the prayer of a righteous man. That's effectual. See, see, there's this aspect in our lives that, that if uh, we come in prayer... There should be a willingness to live a life that would obey God. Because that's what makes our prayers powerful. If we're not willing to follow in God's ways, it takes the power out of our prayers, the power out of intercession. And so this is why for me, this is crucial as we move forward as a church into 2020. So there are two ways about talking about God's will. There is God's sovereign will which requires us to trust and to let go. And then there is God's will of commandment, which requires us to obey. And so I pray daily, uh, with God's help, I pray daily uh, the Lord's Prayer. And I mean, some people have been taught the Lord's Prayer as children. We taught it to our children. And you can pray the Lord's Prayer as just repetitive and just say it. We've said it. We say it in all kinds of places. But I use the Lord's Prayer as my model of prayer. I take down every phrase and I, I, I work through that and pray that out longer. And I write my prayers out because that works for me. I'm a person who gets distracted in praying. I start to see the dust on that buffet. And I realize, oh, the dishes got to go in the dishwasher. Oh, and I was supposed to do laundry. I remember hearing one woman one time said the only way she could pray was with her face in the carpet. Because she wouldn't get distracted. 
I, I, I find writing out my prayers. I'm that person and that I need to write that out. It needs to be, some of you are like, Pastor, you're archaic. We do this. Uh, if that works for you, amen. But I'm pen to paper type of person. I'm old school. And I just like to write out my prayers. But I use the Lord's Prayer as my model for praying. Because the Lord taught us how to pray. And He wants us to pray. And I come to that place where daily I pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First 10 of Matthew 6. God, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Now see, I, I've been praying in that, and it's easy for me to pray, Oh God, your sovereign will be done. Right? Your sovereign will be done around the earth. Yes, Lord, I want to trust you that your will is, you know, all that. I have no problem with that. But when it comes to praying, God, your will be done in my life today. Not my will. Your will. Your will be done in my marriage. Your will be done in my health. Your will be done in my family, my children, my grandchildren. Your will be done in my business and my place of work. Your will, O oh God, be done. God, may I obey your will today. The prayer has a little bit of a different meaning. And I believe that this is God's will for us, that we would choose daily to do His will. We would choose in every circumstance to do His will. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's that transformation. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. You know what that says to me? God wants you to know His will. I remember many years ago there was a new believer. Uh, she got saved later in life and she kept going around saying, Well, Pastor, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Once He reveals to me what His will is. And that went on for years. And I kept hearing the same, Well, I haven't heard from Him yet, so I don't know what His will is. But what I do, Pastor, I'm going to do His will. <laughs> God wants you to know His will. His perfect will for you. And so one of the first places, you've heard this before, this is nothing new, this isn't rocket science, but it is a good reminder that the place you're going to find out where you start is right here. In God's Word, He has His will for you. His perfect will for you. And so, I'm preaching to the choir this morning because you're here and you came out in the snow and the storm to come under the Word of God and to hear the Word of God. And you came saying, God, I want you to speak to me today. I hope you came that way. I want to hear your Word for me, oh God, today. I want to hear the Word corporately for the church. And this is why Bible study and Sunday school and, and chewing and meditating on the God, God's Word is so important. And so this is where we start. If you want to know God's perfect will, you start right in His Word. Maybe some of you need to say, Pastor, I've been struggling with that, and then this year I want to obey God. And the way I'm going to start is I want to spend time every day in God's Word. 
Now, I've had a lot of us and some of us that have, you know, I've always struggled when I've heard of people like John Wesley that would get up at four in the morning and pray for hours before. You wouldn't like to see me at four in the morning. (laughs) I've, I've tried to live my Christian walk that others were living. That's not what God's asking me to do. That's not what God's asking you to do. And sometimes, you know, we get to the beginning of a new year and we we have these goals and they're kind of way up there and we don't get very far with it. I believe the Lord wants to help you. You know where you are in the study of God's Word at the beginning of this year. Maybe it's just to commit five minutes a day. For some it might be 25. For some it might be a couple hours a day. What, whatever God is saying to you, are you willing to obey it? That's the key. Are you willing to spend time in His Word every day to know His will? Paul says that the Scriptures are inspired and make the Christian competent, equipped for every good work. He said that to second, in Second Timothy. One of the other things that after we're in this word, another stage, is a new mind, according to Romans 12, too. God is wanting to uh, change and transform your mind. God is wanting to help you apply the word. Now, I love this quote by Dwight L. Moody. The Bible was not given for your information, but your... Oh, you're on the ball this morning. Given for your... There we go. See, I come to this word not just to get information, not just to be able to quote and spit it at people. I remember the day when we had the great big huge Thompson chain Bibles. And praise God, I still believe in carrying my Bible around. But you know, it was kind of like, well, look at me, I'm a person of the word. Right? (laughs) Pastor she was laughing. The bigger the Bible, the better. You had to make sure you had a Thompson chain. I can't read my Thompson chain anymore. The print is too fine. (laughs) My Bible looks fairly large, but it's because of giant print. But you know, nothing, nothing wrong with carrying the Word and bringing the Word of God to church and being a studier of the Word. Don't get me wrong. Don't take it out of context, what I'm saying. But if this is not being read to transform, it's just information. If I'm getting up and preaching week after week and you're coming in and you're saying, oh, that was nice, and you go home and it's forgotten by the time you have lunch, then that's just information. You're not listening to the word for transformation. If you're going to a Bible study or a Sunday school class and you're getting together and you're having great dialogue and great conversation and great even arguing over the word of God. But you're not being transformed by it. Excuse the expression, you're wasting time. Precious time. Because this word has been given for our transformation, for a renewal of our minds, that our minds would be changed, that we would have the mind that was in Christ Jesus. I like what somebody says here, that God has given you the word to apply it to your life. The Bible does not tell you which person to marry, or which car to drive, or whether to own a home, or where you are to take your vacation, and what cell phone plan to buy, or which brand of orange juice to drink, (laughs) or a thousand other choices you must make every day. The Word of God wants to transform your mind that you will make wise decisions, that He can help you 
give you that renewed mind. You know why? Because unless we've given our minds to Jesus, I have known people who love the Lord, but they have the mind of the flesh, as Paul would say. They desire the things of the flesh and not of the Spirit and not of the Word. See, somebody wisely said that if you don't have a renewed mind, if you haven't asked the Holy Spirit to come and change your mind and to work with your mind and to take the Word and allow it to be transformed and to apply it to your life, you will take the Word out of context and you will distort it to say whatever you want it to say to feed your flesh. Instead... We want to obey God's will in our lives. We want transformation. And so God wants to change our minds. Give us the mind of Christ that as we read this, God will give you a word to apply to your life. Not just information. I think that's sometimes where Bible reading can seem like a chore. Well, I better read my two chapters today. Oh, I read them. Check, check, Check that out. But see, if I go to God's word and I'm saying to him, God, change me, use me, show me, help me to apply your word to my life today, I believe with everything within me, God is going to answer that prayer. And then it becomes exciting. You know what God told me today? Do you know what God spent time today speaking to me about? That's exciting. That's worth sharing with somebody. Instead of checking the list. And so we need to know how to apply the word. And the other thing we need to pray for is this third stage of a changed heart. 95% of what we do every day is not premeditated. You realize that? 95% of what we do flows naturally out of who we are and how we've done it. And things that we've made important in our lives. It is a natural response. And so how can we obey God's will supernaturally is we've got to ask Him to change our hearts. I don't just do God's will because the pastor said I better do God's will. And because Mama said and Grandma and the Sunday school teacher said you better trust and obey. You better do it. I need God to change my heart that I desire to do his will. I love to do his will. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I want to follow his ways. And so God needs to change my heart. Pastor Mike has been saying, I don't care about the response. It's the response after the response. And some of you are saying, what in the world is he talking about? And we've been talking about that in circles and in prayer meetings, the response after the response. Because yes, praise God, people respond in this place of worship. And I believe we need to, if we're going to follow God's will in our lives, we need to be obedient even in the service when God asks us to respond. But the big question is, what do you do out there come Monday morning? That's the response after the response. See, transformation, yes, can start in a place of worship, but it needs to be carried out into our lives and into the streets. God has said that you are a new creation, that God is wanting to do a new thing, and that we don't just know his will, 
but we naturally, supernaturally love and desire to do His will. Most of our thoughts, attitudes, and actions are spontaneous. They are just a spillover from what's inside. And Jesus made that known in Matthew 12. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Do you know how we know we have a changed heart? It's how you react how you respond. Because we can do very, very well of making it look like we're following God's will. That we are a person who is following Jesus. But as we said a long time ago, and Kenny likes this one, what is in the well will come up in the bucket. And that's all you get this morning. What is in the well will come up in the bucket. See, it is only Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can come in and make me a new creation and change my mind and change my heart that when I react, I react like Jesus would react. Now, I'm not, I haven't arrived, and I'm sure you haven't either, but that can be my desire. That can be my desire to do His will. What would marriages look like? Think about it. If our hearts were changed and we responded like Jesus would respond. What would our homes look like? What would our places of work look like? God is wanting to do this new transformation in our lives. To be obedient to his will for us. And so we see this is done through Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to journey this year? Are you willing to journey in this transformation? It's 2020 going to be the year that today you nail it down and you say, God, it is my will that I am going to trust you, your sovereign will, that you are good and you have good plans for my life. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. That you're going to work everything for my good in 2020. No matter what I have to face, no matter what I have to go through, I trust you because you are good. And are you willing to nail it down today and say, Lord, it's my desire, my desire to do your will, to follow your commandments. What you tell me daily, it's my desire that I will indeed say, yes, Lord, yes to your will and to your way. Ultimately, you have a choice. Is it the red pill where you're ready to face reality when the Holy Spirit checks your heart and says you should not have said that? <clears throat> Don't go there. Don't do that. Or do you want to just swallow the blue pill and say I'm going to continue to walk in ignorance and go my way? challenge you this morning as the worship band comes. Choose the better one. Choose the road of transformation. Journey with us. God's not finished with us. Every year is exciting. Every day is exciting. Though some of you don't look too excited right now. Because I can be better today 
am more like Jesus than I was yesterday. I can be a better wife. I can be a better mother. I can be a better pastor. I can be in a place where I can say yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. You're changing me from the inside and I'm getting that better and newer mind of surrendering into the Lordship of Christ. My heart is being changed. That's where revival comes, people. John Wesley, it started with him and his heart was strangely warmed and revival broke out. Do you know, we all have children, don't we? Now, some of us have what? Obedient children. Oh, they're fun. They make life easy. Oh, it's wonderful to have them around. It's a delight. And then we have what? (laughs) (laughs) Then we have those disobedient children. And life has never been the same. We love them. They love us. But they test us everywhere we go. And they make their lives difficult. And they make our lives difficult. I challenge you this morning. What child of God are you? What would God say? There's my obedient child that heeds and loves to hear my voice, that wants to do my will, that is allowing me to change and transform them. It's not that God loves that child any more than the disobedient child. But I want to say to you, God has so much more for you, and your life would be so much easier following Jesus if you would surrender to his will. Is that your prayer this morning? Lord, your will be done. As we sing this closing song, the fear will keep us from surrendering totally to God. As we sing this closing song, if I'm going to ask you to do something different today. I'm going to ask you to be uh, seated as we sing this song. But as we sing this song, if you're willing to nail it down at the beginning of this year and say, God, I'm willing to journey with you in this transformation today. I'm willing to say, I trust you, and I know you are good, and you're going to care for me in 2020. If you're willing to say, Lord, I want to be obedient. I want to be obedient, child, to your will. As we sing this song, as the Spirit moves, I ask you to stand. Don't stand because other people are standing. Stand as a sign to God at the beginning of this new year. This is my will, O God, that your will would be done in my life. So as we sing this song, respond to how the Spirit moves in your life. God bless you.